Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. This has been kind of an unusual start to the Paracast. First, I started getting a weird problem with Skype. Now, Skype is weird already, not because it's a Microsoft product. It's weird because it has strange bugs. So, for example, this time I was getting a repeated beep. And suddenly the entire system started picking up that sound. I had to restart. That's the first thing right there. So, beyond that, we have a rare phenomenon for this time of year in Arizona, at least the Phoenix area. Heavy rain. So right now, as we do this recording, on a Thursday, it's 46 degrees and raining in Arizona, in Phoenix area. What kind of weather are you getting there in Charlottesville, Michael Grosso? Yes, well, it's actually warming up after a snowstorm yesterday. So all the snow outside is melting like mad, and it's supposed to go up to the 60s. Uh, That's how it is here in Charlottesville. Randall? Oh, up here in Calgary? Well, it's winter still, so uh, (laughs) any precipitation that we're getting here is uh, in crystal form still at this point. A little bit warmer than it was last week. We have a bit of a cold snap, so, uh, you know, minus 20 Celsius type of thing, between minus 20 and minus 30. So there's a lot of having to warm up the car and contribute to global warming before getting out of the driveway for me. To make things interesting, I heard that it's actually snowing in Las Vegas. (laughs) Sounds like fun. (laughs) Oh, heavens, you know. So everybody's going to be on the casinos then. Anyway, we're going to continue with real stuff now instead of weather. Although, obviously, we've had debates in our forums about global warming. Not anymore. I think people have gone straight on it. Michael Grosso, tell our listeners, now that you've joined us, on the Paracast, what got you interested in the strange, the unknown? As many people who get into this field, experiences, which go back to my childhood, but not constantly, every once in a while, sporadically is the correct word. Something happens and continue right up until now. For example, I have had precognitive experiences. I've been attacked by a ghost in a haunted house. Uh, I have had weird PK experiences, some of which I don't even like to talk about online uh, or publicly because they do sound a bit weird. Uh, I connected with a girlfriend of mine who was whom I met in in London, and we were longing to meet again, which we eventually did, and separated by three thousand miles. Uh, one morning, she woke up with me in bed with her. Okay, that sounds totally weird, but it's true. It didn't last very long. I didn't, I was not conscious of it, but I was thinking of her intensely at that time because she wrote me a frantic letter. This was before email and all this was many years ago when I was a young student. So I've had a lot of psychic experiences, number one. Number two, I'm a trained philosopher interested in philosophy of mind. That's one of the classic issues in philosophy. And I've always found myself outside the mainstream. When I was at Columbia uh, in the 1970s, I was surrounded by materialists. And when I told them that I had psychic experiences, they kept saying, it's impossible. And I said, I didn't say it was impossible. I said, it's a fact. So anyway, that's roughly 
how I got into this, partly for professional reasons and partly just simply because I've had so many experiences, I have to take other people's stories seriously. So that's it in, in a nutshell. Do you think, Michael, that you were singled out to have so many experiences? Because I can tell you, I've had probably none. Uh, maybe one or two things that were strange, but don't seem to have anything odd about them. Actually, I have been thinking about that lately. I've written one book about some of my psychic experiences. My feeling is just a feeling, I can't prove this, is that I have been given just enough information to whet my appetite to know that these phenomena are real and to go and to investigate them. So I don't use them in any practical way. I don't even want to. I just take them as they come as signs that there's more to understand about what it is to be a human being. And that kind of fits for a person who chose philosophy as his main interest. And I was, I used to be a teacher. I'm retired and I don't do it anymore. I just write stuff and, and continue to have strange experiences. So that, that's pretty much the, the background, as I say, of my, uh, of my interest in this subject. And it's getting, you know, to the point where I really feel we're at a stage in our history where we need to change our worldview, become a little more sensitive to other human beings. So I think that this area, mind expansion, is not only a philosophical curiosity, but a matter of uh, vital importance for, I don't know, the life of the planet in the future, because as things are going, it doesn't seem like we're running into major problems. Uh, you know, you're aware of all this. So I believe that the role of the, of, of, of the mind is crucial uh, in the evolution of, of human uh, reality. And uh, given the fact that we're on the threshold of within a dozen years, a global crisis of unprecedented dimensions, somehow I feel that there's a, a connection uh, with expanding our consciousness in order to forestall what looks like coming cataclysm for the human race at large. I don't know. Does that sound grandiose? That's my point of view. Well, it's a view of Armageddon, I guess, in a sense. But it's not uncommon, Michael, among people who've had unusual experiences, especially those who claim to be channeling higher beings or those who claim to have met up with E.T. I, I have no sense of being chosen and being in touch, deliberately singled out as a, some kind of a messenger. On the other hand, I have a slight change of that point of view lately. One of the most interesting experiences I ever had uh, was in 1971. I, was just, I had just gotten my PhD in philosophy from Columbia University. And on April 23rd, that night at 11 o'clock, I was with my girlfriend. And uh, I lived in Greenwich Village, and we were just sort of lying around, hanging around. It was her birthday. We had gone out for dinner. I lived in the village, as I say, it's top floor, sixth floor. I look out the window, and I noticed suddenly a cluster of brilliant light dancing around in the sky in rhythm with a piece of music that I was listening to at that moment, that, that we were listening to, John Coltrane's. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. That's a very difficult piece of music to listen to, incidentally. 
So we were totally absorbed in it, listening. And I see these lights dancing around in the sky. I said, Jane, come over here. Look out the window. She opens the window, and for sure, she sees the same thing. In about 30 seconds after that, the lights display themselves in this sort of dance, almost in tune with the music, the lights then shoot over to the dome of the church of Our Lady of Pompeii. This is in Greenwich Village, okay? And the lights beam at us. Let us know that we're listening to the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. So it shoots over to this Catholic church, beams at us, and then in a zipping, instantaneous zigzag motion, flies away and disappears over the Empire State Building. Uh, We're completely sort of shocked and amazed, and we went up the roof because we're on the top floor. I don't know what made me do it, because on top of the roof was a third person who also witnessed this phenomenon. His name was Louis, and the funny thing was I had just turned him on to John Coltrane. So there was three people tuned into John Coltrane's music, and out of the blue comes this signal from the unknown, from the heavens, and that makes a definite connection between what we were listening to by shooting over to the dome of the church. Michael Grosso, joining us. With Gene and Randall, you're in The Paracast. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items. And entails t-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast Jumbo tote bag, all sorts of t-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great t-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children. Stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com. Stop by and take a shopping tour. Know someone with a drinking or drug problem? Learn how to get sober after we share these stories. I was 35 with two beautiful children when my life and addiction started to spiral out of control. After my divorce, I went into a depression cycle and started drinking more often and using prescription drugs. After my second DWI and arrest, my ex-husband threatened to take our children away from me. I was 17 when I became addicted to heroin and meth. I thought I could quit on my own, but I couldn't. It hit me when I was arrested. Get sober now. Your private insurance may cover costs and we'll get you here. It's simple. Just call Elite Rehab Placement right now. Please, don't wait. Your life matters to us. 800-213-9264. 800-213-9264. Call right now before it's too late. 800-213-9264.
Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. Policies issued by American General Life Insurance Company, Houston, Texas. Not available in all states. For details, visit AIGdirect.com. Do you have a family? Would you like to help make sure they'll be taken care of if anything were to happen to you? If you answered yes, you probably need life insurance. Now, do you think life insurance is expensive? If you answered yes to that, too, you definitely need to give AIG Direct a call. We could find you a quarter-of-a-million-dollar policy for just $14 a month, which means you could save hundreds of dollars a year. Call us now for a free, no-obligation quote. 1-800-919-5435. Since 1995, we've helped millions of people find out if they could save up to 70% on their term life insurance. See how affordably we can help you protect your family. Call AIG Direct now for your free quote. 1-800-919-5435. You could save up to 70%. That's 1-800-919-5435. 1-800-919-5435. Many people believe they don't control their own destiny. Let them continue just getting by while you make the choice to do something about your future. Imagine working from home, earning the income you deserve. Just visit startlivingyoung.com and click on the Be Your Own Boss tab. Discover Juness, a state-of-the-art global health company with over a billion a year in sales. They'll provide all the tools you need to succeed. Visit startlivingyoung.com today and click on the Be Your Own Boss tab. Your destiny awaits at startlivingyoung.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So, Michael, I had to stop you within your discussion there because obviously we had to do a piece of business. Would you go on, please? Yeah, well, that's it. So that's the only time that I felt there was some kind of, I mean, I couldn't make sense of, it was not like so many uh, UFO sightings that were in person. We know some of them are close encounters of the various levels. I don't know how to describe this uh, experience, but I felt that whatever was out there, an impossible thing that we were witnessing, knew what we were listening to. The music. Two reasons. It seemed to be dancing in rhythm. And by the way, no living creature could survive inside. I can't remember. It was too, just too fast. So it was some kind of a light show projected from God knows where. So that's the first part. And the second connection that implied knowing what we were doing inside our apartment was the fact that it went over and hovered over this church, Catholic church, you know, Connection, Father, Son, the Holy Ghost. So I have never been able to resolve that mystery. And since then, of course, I've learned about a lot about UFOs and a lot about the paranormal. So that's one of the... Let's continue where we left off there. Yeah, well, I, I was just trying to explain that, that UFO sighting in 1971 was the one case where I thought there may have been some interaction 
with an otherworldly entity. That's really interesting because it's not the first type of experience we've heard about. And it's very reminiscent of the one that I had back in the 70s as well. Uh, Three of us saw an orb of light across the lake do much what you're describing. And uh, we happen, except we happen to be listening to to Led Zeppelin too, <laughs> instead of John Coltrane. Yeah. But what do you think that an experience like that means? If you are going to put it all together and try to be analytical about it, what does it suggest to you about the nature of the phenomena? The question is interesting because I'm writing a paper now, uh, attempting to explore the connections between the paranormal and the so-called UFO phenomenon. Uh, what, what I'm trying to understand is that I believe there's another dimension of reality, uh, mental, psychic, spiritual, whatever you want to call it. The world is totally familiar with this through religion, through shamanism, through uh, the world, the experience of the world uh, suggests that there's another world, that there's another dimension of reality. And uh, I, I think that the experiences that people have, uh, all kinds, uh, I couldn't even begin to start listing all the different types of uh, phenomena, even within the realm of, of ufology, there's an incredible variety. There are all kinds of visionary experiences, all kinds of telepathic experiences. I feel that we are interacting with another dimension of reality. And uh, this this other dimension is also the seat of those uh, who apparently uh, have survived death. I've had experiences that strongly suggest that we do survive bodily death. And I realize that this is completely at odds with the mainstream scientific view, but it's not at odds with human experience, nor is it at odds with the philosophies and religious systems that have evolved in the history of the human race. So that's the interesting challenge. So either I and countless others are totally deluded, or science has to wake up and start to incorporate the totality of reality and not just focus on one aspect, the physical, which can more easily controlled and understood than the psychic and the spiritual. Anyway, that, that's how I would uh, respond to your question. There's some rather complex concepts in there that not everyone is familiar with, and even the best scholars still wrestle with. Oh, sure. Yeah. So yeah. maybe it would help to, to try to clarify some of those just at the outset. So when you talk about reality and dimensions, uh, what is it that you're actually referring to? I'm referring to the mind. We have minds, right? We all have minds, but they're not like our physical body. As a matter of fact, it's understood and agreed by mainstream neuroscientists that They cannot reduce or explain consciousness, the mental world, in terms of the brain, in terms of anything physical. 
there are correlations between mental events and brain events. We know that. But we do not and cannot derive or explain consciousness as being produced by the brain. So that is uh, led many individuals, uh, myself included, to grant that our mental life is part of a reality that is distinct from the physical, but it operates in different ways. You can't measure, uh, you can't weigh the mind, you can weigh your body, you can weigh your brain, but the mental world is um, only visible to the mental uh, apparatus, the senses, the imagination, the will, the memory, uh, our intentions. These are all immediately available to us and ready to be used and explored, but they're not physical. Okay, so this sounds yeah. to me to, to make it when we, by the way, we have a fairly extensive thread on this in our forums, uh, two of them actually, and we've mm-hmm. been discussing this for quite some time. So for me, that whole issue seems to boil down to the idea of subjectivity versus objectivity. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, when we talk about different realities, then we have the what we commonly think of as the material world, uh, things made out of physical elements that are identifiable, weighable, measurable, and so on. And then we have our subjective experiences of the world, which take place in our minds. So we have the classic uh, material versus mind duality problem to deal with. Mm-hmm. So we're on the right track there then, right? There's a lot more to come. We'll be continuing with Michael Grosso right here. So stay tuned with us in our next segment of the show. I want to mention that those threads on our forums, that's consciousness and the paranormal, right, Randall? Right. We have um, science, philosophy, and the unexplained. And then we have consciousness and the paranormal, two different threads. Very similar in uh, nature, but very extensive and uh, some pretty interesting stuff in there. We're joined by Michael Grosso. Gene and Randall, you're in The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Anytime, any place, anywhere, radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. Bacon lovers, we ship free. Try our amazing bacon. No refrigeration required. Proprietary value-added packaging provides 10-year shelf life and protects the leanest, thickest, center-cut, fully-cooked bacon in America today. Ready to eat right from the pouch or warm and serve. Savory and delicious. Wholesale price for your everyday use. 
Order today at readytoeatbacon.com. Readytoeatbacon.com. USA Radio News with Wendy King. Attorney Michael Avenatti says it's outrageous that singer R. Kelly's attorney claims that four accusers are lying about them being sexually abused. Avenatti represents two of Kelly's alleged victims and has given prosecutors new video evidence that shows Kelly having sex with an underage girl. The charges involve multiple forced sex acts. Three of the four women were underage teenagers when the alleged abuse happened. Between May 1, 2009 and January 31, 2010, the victim had vaginal and oral sex with Robert Kelly multiple times. At times, Robert Kelly would spit on her, slap her in the face, and choke her. Kelly, who is 52 years old, turned him into police on Friday night. His bail has been set at a million dollars. You're listening to USA Radio News. If you're 85 or younger, would you like peace of mind and comfort for your family? We're Final Expense Direct with an urgent message for you. The average funeral today costs over $8,000, but the most you'll get from government benefits is $255. How will your family pay the difference? We can help. Our senior plans start as low as just a dollar a day and pay up to $30,000 for a funeral and other final expenses. Peace of mind is easy. There's no medical exam. You'll have lifetime coverage, and your plan can't be canceled as long as you pay your premiums. Call now for free information about our senior plans. Answer a few simple questions and receive approval right on the phone. Plus, call right now and we'll give you a discount prescription card for free. Call 800-561-5716. That's 800-561-5716. Again, 800-561-5716. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com, and use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. We had a break there before Michael got a chance to answer Randall's comment. Would you go ahead, please? Absolutely. That 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 is another way of of characterizing the amphibious nature of of our human reality subjective and objective uh mental and physical uh inward and outward and so forth yes agreed right and so i don't think there's any denying that people have experiences however 
can we prove that to another person? This is the classical problem. If we were to try to say, okay, uh, Michael, are, can you prove you're self-aware? <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, no, we, we assume other people are. Right. Well, because we have experiences of the world, but we don't yeah. know that anyone else is really. Right. Just now I answered your, I'm answering your question. That implies I understood what you said. And I'm trying to reply. Doesn't that suggest to you that I'm a conscious being and not some kind of a robot that's been designed to sound intelligent? Uh, yeah, this is, gets really interesting because, and we left off with some of this uh, kind of discussion in our last show, actually, where perhaps, getting back to your sighting and aliens, that maybe they don't have the same kind of experience of the world that we do the thing that we would call consciousness, our experience of the world. But that doesn't mean they can't be highly intelligent. It's possible, for example, for something like a Turing machine to perfectly emulate another human being and intelligently come up with conversation, discourse, art, music, all of that without having any experience of the world, but just the workings of, for lack of a better term, like a clockwork orange, a bunch right. of switches and circuits that just simply pr produce an output that mimics human behavior but doesn't have an experience of the world yes absolutely but the point is that these machines were programmed and designed and invented and made to produce that performance by conscious beings and that's that's the only uh, response to that of course uh, it is conceivable uh, that in the future we'll be able to design robots uh, that are so lifelike uh, and that would be able to behave and respond in ways that seem uh, perfectly normal and human, but they would simply be physical robots with no inner life going on. Yeah, and, and to, to me, I think that's the big danger of artificial intelligence is in assuming that we could download our consciousness into a machine and still have an experience of the world. It may be the case, and I, I think that the brain here is maybe more important than what some of the idealists, which is sort of the, in philosophy, the alternative to materialism, would have us believe. And that is that all of the evidence seems to indicate that the causal mechanism behind the development or the emergence of consciousness is our brain. Most philosophers, even uh, ones that are highly idealistic, tend to have to agree that there's no instances that we know of where somebody has had an experience who is dead. What I'm saying here is that the brain is a specific kind of a material thing. And a computer chip is another completely different kind of a material thing. And I don't think that it's safe to presume that one can produce consciousness and is intelligent, and the other one is intelligent, therefore it can produce consciousness. They're made completely differently. And maybe the idea that downloading our consciousness into a chip just can't work because chips don't have the same kind of functioning as a brain does to result in the emergence of consciousness. If you believe that consciousness is an emergent phenomena, 
So where are you kind of on that whole? I follow you what you're saying. Now, I don't believe that consciousness uh, emerges from the brain. I don't know why or how, but uh, the two are connected. I mean, James, William James in 1898, uh, in his attempt to make sense out of survival evidence, realized that if we assume that our consciousness is a byproduct of our brains, it's not very likely to survive the death of the brain. That, that's sort of obvious, right? But we are not obliged to assume that consciousness is derived from the brain. We're only uh, obliged to assume that it has a relationship to the brain. And that relationship may be one of simply using the brain to fully and adequately express itself. And he points out that we can assume that consciousness pre-exists the brain. And once we make that assumption, the idea of surviving the death of the brain is more plausible. But none of this conversation would make any sense or be even useful or necessary if there weren't actual evidences that some people's minds do, in fact, survive the death of their body. So that's a whole different question, the evidence for life after death. But that evidence is what prompts some people, prompted William James and prompts me, to make the assumption that consciousness is an independent reality and that it can survive the death of the brain. Isn't that kind of making a bit of a, a leap, though? I mean, you talk about evidence, but all the evidence that we have to that effect comes from people with functioning brains. I, I cannot think of a single instance where the evidence doesn't involve someone with a functioning brain from NDEs to ghost experiences to whatever it happens to be. It always happens to someone and is relayed by someone with a functioning brain. We'll take the NDE as an example. If you read some of the literature on this, you discover that people who have cardiac arrests, the oxygen immediately, the brain is instantly and totally deprived of oxygen. And there ought not to be any consciousness at all. As it turns out, the individuals who have near-death experiences and who have cardiac arrest ought not to have any consciousness, any conscious experience at all. But in fact, they not only have conscious experiences, and sometimes out-of-body experiences that they can verify independently, but they have experiences that are the most profound the most beautiful, the most transformative, and the most mysterious experiences of their, of their entire lives. And their brains are not functioning. And this oxygen-deprived state of the brain is simply uh, not uh, conceivable. Now, the mainstream reductionists and neuroscientists that want to believe this, they ignore this fact. So I don't, I, I don't think that this uh, brain uh, talk in any way gets in the way of the evidence for non-brain-mediated experiences. Suppose we have a telepathic experience, and I'm able to, so to speak, read your mind without any physical incoming stimuli. Well, that suggests a mental operation of gaining knowledge about the external world that operates independently of my brain. So the whole field of ESP and psychokinesis points in the direction of the independent causal power of the human mind. 
I, I think we're missing a bit of a link there, though. In our discussions about this, one of the things that, and of course, we've all, at least those in this discussion, have definitely looked into the NDEs and such. But when you, let's take the example of telepathy, for example. And uh, I'm, by the way, I'm not uh, trying to have a, a debate that um, contradicts or, and I'm not out to disprove necessarily any of um, these ideas. Probably like yourself, I'm trying to get to the truth of things and to better figure out what's really going on. Let's, let's do our break here and we'll go on. Figuring out consciousness. The Paranormal and More. Michael, Randall, and Gene, you're in The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. Are you afraid to go to the mailbox because of letter after letter from the IRS? Are they stacking on more and more penalties and interest? By now, you know the problem won't go away on its own. Don't let the IRS chase you to your grave with penalties and interest and liens and levies. You need real help now. I'm Dan Pilla. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I helped thousands of people solve tax problems they thought couldn't be solved. I can help you too. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. 
Childhood is full of wonder, and we get the chance to relive it with our grandchildren every day. But imagine missing special moments with a grandchild or seeing them through cloudy vision. The Foundation Fighting Blindness can help by providing valuable information about diagnosing and treating AMD. Age-related macular degeneration is the leading cause of vision loss in people 55 and older, but it doesn't have to be. The Foundation Fighting Blindness is driving research and saving sight by providing information about diagnosing and treating AMD. Don't miss a moment of your grandchildren's youthful wonder because of poor vision. Learn more about vision-saving preventions and treatments. Call the Foundation Fighting Blindness today at 1-800-BLINDNESS for a free packet on reversing or managing AMD. Or go to the website fightblindness.org where you can find so much helpful information. Call 1-800-BLINDNESS today. That number again is 1-800-BLINDNESS or fightblindness.org. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. Hi, this is nuclear physicist lecturer Stanton Friedman. You are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Michael Grosso making his first appearance on the Paracast with Gene and Randall. Randall was about to insert an observation. Go ahead, please. Right. When when we were talking about the idea of let's say telepathy the idea that there's something going on separate from the brain because it's associated with our mind is a bit like the idea that there's something going on independent of two transceivers that are sending signals back and forth to one another certainly the signal as it's traveling from one receiver to another is independent of both receivers and yet there is a signal that is taking place that comes from each of the two receivers, which are very material. It's sort of like saying the light from the light bulb. The signal was material too. Exactly. You see, this gets us into the whole idea. Well, what do we mean by materialism? There's physicalism and there's materialism. There's different levels of it, different ways that different philosophers look at it. So it's not just uh, necessarily a one thing or the other. So what we may be dealing with in cases of telepathy, one could postulate is that, yes, we have uh, brains that uh, cause the emergence of consciousness and that together they work as some sort of a transceiver that in certain cases, people can be able to pick up the transmissions from another person's mind. But that doesn't mean that it's not all connected. In other words, it doesn't have to be a this or that type of thing. We do have brains, that much is proven. We do have minds. I think it's safe to take that for granted with most people. So it's not like, well, it's either mind or matter. Don't you think it's possible to have both and that there could be a causal relationship between the two? Well, there obviously are causal relationships between our mental life and our uh, brain life. But at the same time, when I reflect on my mental life, my thoughts, my dreams, 
uh, my intentions. I'm not seeing, and there's no, there's no physicality involved. Let's say take a dream as an interesting form of a, of a, uh, of a mental life. There you have a fully, a full blown sensory drama taking place in a, in an interesting dream. There are colors, there are forms, sometimes, you know, people that you actually believe are real dream or seem real. But that entire experience is non-physical. If someone had uh, uh, a device scanning the brain, and when we do this, of course, we scan the brain all the time, you're not going to see what's going on in that dream. It's not visible. Well, of course, but I, I, what we're getting in, we're getting into sort of what Searle, right. if you, you know who Searle is, I'm the yeah. philosopher, right? He describes this problem in linguistic terms in that, yes, we're talking about two different kinds of things that are part of one particular aspect of human existence. Of course, they're going to be different. So there's nothing particularly remarkable about that. It's just simply the way that things are, like a light bulb produces light. I think that's a pretty good analogy in that here we have a material thing, say a light bulb. When it's switched on, it produces light. The light emanates from the light bulb. We often talk about our spirit and our spirituality as being like the light that comes from us. And it is separate from the light bulb. It travels out and exists independently of the light bulb. And yet when you switch that light bulb off, it ends. And so I don't see why it's safe to presume that simply because we switched the light bulb off, that there should still be some continuous existence of a dynamic thing like a personality out there. This is the big problem, right? Uh, no, I'm not sure what the problem, how, how you just described that as a problem. I'm not sure what you're trying to, driving at here in this particular conversation. Are you basically defending materialism, physicalism? That's what it sounds like. Well, what I'm saying is that on to talk about the paranormal, if we're just focusing on, on this uh, sort of elementary issue of the distinction between mind and matter. I, I, don't, I mean, it's I don't get it. One seems to require the other. That's the whole point. In other words, if you take a completely idealistic point of view, which is the opposite of materialism, then you're assuming that the world doesn't exist outside the mind no 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 i'm not i'm not giving them an idealist account there are there are different ways of, of, of divvying up the reality here no i believe that the, uh, the the mind is distinct from the body and can do things that the body cannot do but the physical reality is out there nonetheless but we do not experience it directly even my own body totally physical as it is my experience of it is mental as I said, my opening remark, I kind of like the, the metaphor of talking about a meta, that human beings as metaphysical amphibians. Clearly, we are both mental and physical. We're, we're looking for the relationship. My, the results of my investigations and my own experiences suggest that the mind can operate independently. It has causal power. Okay, I'm not absolutely certain about life after death, even though after spending a, a night in a haunted house, I was physically attacked by a ghost. I'm still somewhat skeptical for various reasons which I could go into. 
Let's just stop for a second because you intrigued me there, and I don't want to let you pass this by. You think you were attacked by a ghost, but don't you don't necessarily believe in life after death. Could you tell us about the experience? Oh, sure. I'd be happy to. Uh, I had a student, married woman, who took a course with me. One of my brightest students, by the way. She was an anthropology uh, major. Who told me about the fact that she had a ghost in her house and that roughly about nine different people saw this entity. And it turned out to be something that um, particularly liked to show up in the bathroom while the woman and the girl, the young girls, uh, were taking showers and stuff. So I, the, the husband, uh, had experiences. Um, neighbors, a couple of neighbors had come in. And uh, so I said, well, sounds interesting. Would you uh, mind if I spent a night in your house? And uh, so they agreed. And I spent a night in, in, it was in New Jersey. Um, I was teaching in New Jersey at that time. So I uh, stationed myself on a couch facing uh, a part of the living room where the ghost, the apparition was said to have to, dis- to appear. Uh, not the only place, but where it tended to appear. So that's where I mounted myself. I had a book in my hands. I wasn't even uh, going to sleep. I was just going to lie in the bed and drift off uh, if I, you know, later on. So, but it was two o'clock in the morning, okay? And I'm reading, reading a book and looking around, look, just alert. Suddenly I hear a gong, a gong, okay? A sound. I look up and I notice that there is a, a little drum with a stick hanging on the wall in the room that I'm sitting. So I get up, and I pull the stick out, and I strike it. I strike the drum. It's the exact same sound I just heard. Now, I know I heard that sound, and I also know that I didn't make it. So I said to myself, hmm, uh, how interesting. So after I struck it the second time, the woman upstairs, who was sleeping upstairs came down and said, what are you hitting on the drum at 2 o'clock in the morning for? I said, well, the second time that you heard it, I made the sounds. But then I explained that I just heard it. And there was no one in the room. She said, oh, well, he does stuff like that, the ghost, you see. that, And she just went right back upstairs and didn't, wasn't even impressed by that. So I thought to myself, wow. A triumph. I got a little bit of uh, the ghost or whatever it is in here that's causing this has done something that I can't explain. Something's going on. So I sat back and I thought, okay, very cool. And I was, you know, ready to um, accept that as the the great achievement of the night. Well, in about 10 minutes after that event, I looked up into the corner of the room and I noticed a diaphanous human-like form hovering there and when i looked at it it moved straight at me and engulfed me wrapped itself around me that's a cliffhanger let's talk about that in our next segment michael grosso telling us about his encounter with a ghost or something 
War to come with Gene and Randall. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. This is George Norrie from Coast to Coast AM and History Channel's Ancient Aliens, and we're proud to promote amazing energy, nutrition, and skincare products from Jeunesse. Visit GCNlife.com for products like Luminesce. The Luminesce Anti-Aging Skincare Line restores youthful vitality and radiance to your skin, reducing the appearances of fine lines and wrinkles with stem cell technology. There's also Instantly Ageless, which works within two minutes, reducing under-eye bags, fine lines, wrinkles, and pores. Jeunesse has products to help you with how you look and feel in a very short time. Noble-nominated Dr. Vincent Jampapa has designed several products helping the body perform better. Jeunesse products have a 30-day money-back guarantee, and they're available up to a 25% preferred price discount. See all of the amazing Jeunesse products at GCNlife.com or call toll-free 1-844-443-6637. 1-844-443-6637. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. I hate to do the cliffhanger, but Michael Grosso is telling us about this experience where something, some human-type form, engulfed him, enveloped him. Tell us more. Yes, I want to shout out, having just seen the person who had come down, the name was Liz, I wanted to shout out, it's here, loud. I could not do that. While this entity had wrapped itself around me, I was paralyzed. Uh, not an unusual phenomenon, by the way, paralysis uh, in, in these strange encounters. So it took maybe just a, a few seconds that it, it, it released me and then disappeared, you see. I waited till the morning to recount this culminating event uh, to the uh, people that had put me up for the night. And uh, they were not surprised. And uh, my own interpretation of why this entity, I have to call it a ghost. It had all the characteristics of the classic ghost. 
my interpretation of why it came so close to me is that I had been tutoring the family about how to treat this ghost. I said, this is a dirty old ghost. Okay, so I just told, I encouraged the folks who were being distressed by this ghostly manifestation that they should dismiss it whenever they encounter it and treat it with disrespect because it wasn't in any way behaving in a way that's appropriate. Ghost or no ghost to be glaring at women while they're trying to take showers. And so that may have been the reason why this uh, particular uh, entity maybe knew that I was there checking him out and checking the whole scene out and decided to try to scare the devil out of me. But to me, it was a very, very interesting experience. Uh, And uh, by all grounds, I should take it for what it appeared to be, but it's remotely conceivable that I conjured up this apparition myself in order to scare myself and convince myself there's life after death. Someone could say something like that. I don't believe it, but it is not absolutely inconceivable. And I have a difficult time believing in life after death. And despite the enormous amount of data pointing in that direction, pointing in many different shapes and forms, but this one was... Well, actually, I've had two other uh, uh, very striking experiences that have that imply or suggest life after death. So, anyway, that's uh, it's difficult for me to dismiss experiences like that that I've had, uh, Gene. And uh, uh, so, anyway, well, what's your reaction to my story? I love hearing these stories because I'm a firm believer that people do have these experiences. I've had them myself. Actually, your ghost experience is also reminiscent to an experience that I had, which at the time I attributed to, for lack of a better term, a ghost at the time. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's, there's no shortage of real experiences out there. I, mm-hmm. I know that skeptics would like to dismiss them all, but Personally, I just don't think that's a reasonable way to look at the, at the, at the problem. There are too many people who I think are, are honest people who have very incredible experiences. But what I do think is important is how we interpret them and analyze them. And mm-hmm. that maybe not all of our assumptions that have been historically assigned to these experiences are the right ones. And so I'm looking for alternatives. Sure, sure. I understand. Now, what would be the alternative? explanation of the experience i just described to you of my own that's a good question uh nine people had seen this is a haunted house i'm not the first one well hauntings and alien encounters are remarkably similar especially in terms of the types of things that take place during the encounters and the sightings so for example we have one thing is called um the Oz factor, where people s- tend to have what they feel is a different sh- feel to their consciousness and the and the environment around them. Other things like invisibility and anti gravity are part of the UFO phenomena as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, if we combine something like invisibility and anti gravity, you could have some sort of actual situation going on there in a number of cases where things like levitation take place seemingly from some invisible entity or we have the idea of active camouflage 
And we're working on that ourselves, where we can actually make things look like different things, shape shift mm -hmm. in a way, just by making them look differently. So if you've got the kind of technology that can make something disappear or appear or make it look like whatever you want it to, it would be very easy to manipulate people into thinking what you want them to believe through a purely technological means as opposed to having to invoke something like afterlife. Okay, let me ask you this. Uh, by the way, uh, many ghost-like phenomena uh, uh, are similar to many UFO-like visitations, so I grant you that, that premise. But my question would be, uh, why would an alien civilization go out of its way to spook a guy along with nine other people in in a house uh, in New Jersey. Uh, that's that's the fascinating thing. I'm sorry? That's the fascinating thing. And I think this takes us back to where we started, where we were talking about the difference between intelligence and consciousness. Maybe what these beings are are some kind of highly intelligent entity, but they don't have the same experience of the world that we do. They might be able to sense things going on around and intelligently analyze the environment around them, but yet have no experience of it. And they find our particular way of looking at the world and what we, what we describe as our consciousness is something that's missing that they don't understand. And the only way that they can get a grip on it is to try because it's through our behavior that our consciousness is expressed. And so this, this is kind of something, an idea I've been thinking might be a motivational factor in that we are being studied to try, for them to try and figure out what we mean by consciousness. What's this extra thing that people have that they don't seem to have? Well... Uh, okay, I, 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 it, this is something you've been thinking and speculating about. It's total speculation, but yeah. I find it very interesting from a philosophical yeah. point of view, you know, because we don't really know if the aliens are, have consciousness like we do. We know we do. Right, right. Well, uh, we know very little about aliens, but uh, uh, yeah, sure. It, 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 who knows? I mean, there's... Uh, but. As I say, I, I cannot bring myself to believe that in this particular case, uh, there are other examples where it's, it's not clear. For example, the Marian visions. Visions of the Blessed Virgin Mary have been taking place all over the world, actually, at least the past couple of hundred years, and it goes back earlier. And I have to say that I can't make out, in some instances, whether or not what we're dealing with are projections of alien technologies conning people into believing in the Virgin Mary, uh, or whether they are Jungian archetypes being objectified, or whether they actually are uh, visitations from some kind of a heaven. I don't know, you see. So there are issues here that are, are very puzzling, and I'll grant you that uh, we or to feel free to speculate in any way that uh, seems uh, plausible. But specific case-by-case -case histories, I have more firm opinions. And I've had other experiences with entities. I, 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 
uh, and they're too long to, to, to narrate to you, uh, which definitely seem like terrestrial ghostly phenomena. That's my best explanation of them. But uh, I, again, make absolute claims about any of this material. Let's do our break here, guys. And we have more with Michael Grosso having a lot of experiences and observations on the strange and unknown. Gene and Randall, you're in the Paracast. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. The Genesis Communications Network is one of America's premier broadcasters of captivating talk radio. We thank you for listening. Now, just imagine, there are thousands of people who are just as passionate about radio as you are. But what you may not realize is how easy and affordable it is to advertise with us. Radio commercials for your business could be heard on hundreds of radio stations across the U.S. every day. We can help you by creating an effective radio advertising campaign for your company. From script writing to producing your commercial just like the one you're listening to right now no other network provides the level of customer service we do when it comes to radio advertising we are your one-stop shop and no matter how big or small your business is we can help email us and advertise at gcnlive.com and an experienced advertising executive will help you take the first step towards driving more customers to your business or website advertise at gcnlive.com easy affordable effective Do you feel like many of us? All the distractions in the world taking our minds and focus off what really needs to get done day to day? Well, Jeunesse has a dietary supplement called Mind to help with mental distraction and it supports memory function. Go to GCNLife.com now to check it out. You're only at your best when your mind is at its best. Go to GCNLife.com or call toll-free 844-443-6637. That's GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Warning, if you're drowning in debt you can't afford, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to pay it all back, because you don't. What the credit card companies don't want you to know is that there's actually a way to get debt-free without paying off your entire debt or going bankrupt. If you have $5,000 or more in credit card debt, you now have the right to let us settle that debt for a fraction of what you owe. For free information, call Credit Associates now. 1-800-959-5759. We'll even show you how much money you could save. If you can't afford to pay off all your debt, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to. Call Credit Associates now for free information on how to get debt-free faster than you ever thought possible without debt consolidation or bankruptcy. 
We depend on your success and offer a guarantee, so there's no risk. For free information, call now. 1-800-959-5759. That's 1-800-959-5759. 1-800-959-5759. Would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Now, there is Reveal. Beverly Hills celebrity dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman took nearly a decade to develop Reveal from natural botanicals to return to a full-body head of hair. Reveal for men and women with a 30-day money-back guarantee at GCNLife.com or toll-free 844-443-6637. 844-443-6637. Reveal at GCNLife.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So, Michael, you said earlier you didn't necessarily believe in life after death. I got that right, right? In the case that I cited, I said that I myself still had a little doubt as to whether or not what I experienced was a a classic haunting uh, ghost. Yeah, but I I didn't make a broad statement about the totality of evidence. It's a little harder to dismiss. And again, you got to take it case by case. There are lots of cases on record that are, let's say, uh, ambiguous, a little uncertain. And then there are some that are much more powerful, much more compelling. Let's uh, go into a couple of those because we, oh, we've still got a good hour left. So, yeah, let's hear some more because this stuff is, I find it quite fascinating, however we look at it. Because, like I say, I do believe that people are having these experiences. There's something out there. We don't know what's going on. Let's hear a little bit more about well, some of these experiences. I'll give you one uh, my own, okay? So, uh, I'm, I'm an authority on my own experience. I was living in New Jersey at the time, and it was a warm night, couldn't sleep, so I got out of bed and went into the living room, into my living room, and lay down on the couch, and sort of drifting off to sleep a little bit, I suppose, when I looked up, and suddenly, my dead grandmother was in the room with me, and she was with another woman whom I did not recognize a younger woman, rather beautiful, who actually reminded me of my mother, who happens to be an attractive woman. But I noticed that was the thought I had. I knew, of course, I recognized my grandma, who, who, as I say, was deceased. And then this other striking face that I, that I had person, the whole bodily form. That was it. I, I got up, and, uh, and in the course of the day, I, I called my mom, and told her about the experience. She said, why don't you come over to the house? I want to show you a photograph. So I did. So I went, paid my mom a visit, and she showed me a photograph, a big photograph that I had never seen in my life, an old family photograph of her family, her her mom and uh, cousins and so forth. And immediately, I picked out uh, the woman that I saw in my apparition the previous uh, day. And I, I said, that's the person I saw. And she said, well, that is your grandmother's sister, Aunt Katie. And I had never met Aunt Katie. But when I was a little child, she came to visit with my grandmother. 
my mother's house, and I was in the other room in a crib. My aunt, or rather the Aunt Katie, wanted me because I was a newborn baby, but my mother said, was embarrassed about the shabbiness of the crib. She was embarrassed about that crib. She said, nah, he's sleeping, leave him alone. That was the only contact I had with Aunt Kay. I can't think of a reason why my grandmother and my uh, great aunt there should show up as an apparition, but it may have been, assuming that, they, that they're both hanging around in the next world, let's go visit Mike now that he's grown up and check him out and see what he's up to. Okay, that's the only explanation that I can have. Uh, but now the question is, how was I able to pick out, identify, I saw an apparition of someone I never met that turned out to be, uh, have a meaningful connection with me. I construe that as, as evidence of some kind of survival. So that, that's one, that's another experience that I had. Not the strongest case for survival, by the way. I've written a book on this subject. There are you know, all kinds of very impressive, detailed, compelling cases. But that's one that I had that made an impression on me. Oh, certainly. Yes. And I've heard of similar stories as well. And the common thing for us to do with such experiences is to attribute the experience to the idea of some sort of an afterlife by a deceased person. However, again, I mean, I, I would offer the alternative that it's possible, again, if we're dealing with some sort of beings that have been studying our world for who knows how long it, it seems to be according to the mythology it could be thousands of years mm -hmm. perhaps they do follow the histories of certain people and they are aware of people who have lived in the past and they are able to make representations of them and show them to us and then when a person sees that apparition like you say it tends to resemble a projection so when we see this projection our minds sort of put two and two together and go, well, that's my dead grandmother. may not be anything of the sort. It may just be them trying to get our reaction to something that they're portraying to us in order to further understand this thing that we have, this consciousness, our idea about who we are, to study our psychology. Well, we do strange things like that with our own people. You've probably heard of Michael Persinger, for example. Yeah, I know. I know him. I don't have much respect for him. But he's dead now, right? That's right. I, I think you know, there's a number of people that think he was very groundbreaking, though, because it's pretty hard to deny that you know, you've heard the God Helmet, then, if you've heard of him. He's well, able to induce experiences yeah, through not, electromagnetic uh, impulses. Yeah, I'm not interested in any of this stuff. I'll tell you one story about him, why I'm skeptical about him. He wrote an article about Marian visions in Egypt. Okay, and in 1969, and he wrote this article in Michael Sword's Journal of UFO Studies. He tried to explain these phenomena as a result of uh, some kind of tectonic stress in which light effects were manifested. Earth light so, phenomena and such, yeah, and the EM effects on the brain, right? Right, so that for three years, millions of people came to that town in Zaytun outside Cairo, Egypt, witnessed a light form manifestation of the so-called Virgin Mary. I interviewed at least seven people uh, who were there. Uh, they were living in Jersey City at the time. I had photographs of this apparition. 
So what you see in what people saw in Zaytun, they're not stupid morons who came out night after night just to witness a few odd tectonic light effects. They saw apparitions of something that they called the Virgin Mary. Uh, these apparitions were published. I have copies of them. I've seen them. People were healed. The form walked around and appeared in different places on the vicinity of the church and reacted to people. And I wrote him a letter. I said, this is a complete false account because these are not just random lights. There are images that have been photographed. He did not reply to my critique. And the business with the helmet, the effects that he produced with that helmet were so negligible, so trivial, that I, I myself simply don't take his work terribly seriously. Well, let's have a little closer look at the reason why I mentioned that. First of all, with some of the experiences, some of his study people in his studies actually had the experience of seeing dead relatives and having the feeling that they were there. Yeah. So I don't think that's entirely trivial. Let's break it here and we'll go on with that. More discussions and questions from Randall with Michael and Gene. You're in the Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Anytime, any place, anywhere, radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. The United States of Empire is a book that claims the United States is the empire of the world. George Washington had warned us against foreign wars. The United States of Empire shows that World Wars I and II left England broken. Its former colony, the U.S., had to save the empire. Was there ever a vote? Who do we fight for? The deep state began with World War I. The United States of Empire by James Dunn. Available at Amazon Books. USA Radio News with Wendy King. Special counsel Robert Mueller's team tells a federal judge because former campaign chief Paul Manafort repeatedly lied, they don't recommend leniency when he is sentenced next month. The sentencing memo describes years of criminal behavior. He lied and misled his bookkeepers and lawyers. He also lied to members of Congress, the special counsel, and the grand jury. And he misled members of the Trump administration. Venezuelan National Guard fired tear gas and rubber bullets at protesters trying to free up emergency food and medicine at the country's border. When a group of activists tried to get three flatbed trucks with humanitarian supplies into Venezuela, guardsmen set the trucks on fire. At a rally in Caracas, President Nicolas Maduro threatened the United States, saying if it attacks, his army will retaliate. You're listening to USA Radio News. 
Hi, this is Wayne Allen Ruth, the capitalist evangelist. I'm here to introduce you to a special company with the potential to be one of the great all-American stories. Fortum Resources is a publicly traded, diversified, natural resource company with oil, gas, and mining properties in North America and internationally. Fortum is led by Chairman Mark Bruner, the legendary oil man who built Ultra Petroleum from a 15-cent stock to $200 per share, creating $15 billion in shareholder profits. Mark has 30 years of experience in the oil and gas industry, overseeing contracts with Halliburton, ExxonMobil, and Hess. Fordham has over 350,000 acres of oil and gas resources, and more than half the acreage has been evaluated by world-renowned auditors Deloitte Touche. Fordham also owns the rights to the 180-square-mile City of Gold mining property. Fordham is traded on two global exchanges, U.S. ticker symbol FTMR. Repeat, FTMR. This is a rare ground floor opportunity to capitalize on a proven energy industry legend. Please visit FordhamResources.com. That's Fordham, F-O-R-T-E-M, Resources.com. Hey everyone, Proactive MD has an incredible offer for our radio listeners only. Stay tuned for our exclusive offer that includes a free charcoal pore cleansing brush and free shipping. Proactive MD with prescription strength adapalene can heal and prevent future breakouts. Today, for just $19.95, we're offering listeners the three-piece Proactive MD system with free shipping, plus a free gift, the new charcoal pore cleansing brush. Get this exclusive offer by calling now, 1-800-583-8662, or go to Proactive.com and enter promo code radio you heard right proactive md plus free shipping and a free gift the new charcoal pore cleansing brush you'll get all this for just $19.95 and their 60-day money-back guarantee you're guaranteed to get clear and stay clear or you get your money back call now 1-800-583-8662 that's 1-800-583-8662 or go to proactive.com and enter promo code radio again go to proactive.com and enter promo code radio Hi, it's Grant Cameron from PresidentialUFO.com. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Okay, Randall, you were asking Michael Grosso a question, giving a comment on this discussion. Yeah, this is a fascinating discussion because we're really, you know, getting delving right into some of the the key points about all of this. Is so. I don't think having the kind of experiences that Persinger was able to evoke through his studies is is trivial. I do think that if you have independent, objective, verifiable evidence of something other than a purely subjective experience, then that suggests that something objective was happening. And so once again, we could say, okay, well, if we're capable of inducing in people's minds certain experiences, and we're capable of creating projections to make people think certain things. Why shouldn't these aliens who've been here for who knows how long and are studying us not be able to do the same thing in order to study our psychology? So it could be that what we have is something completely separate from what people think it is, leading them to believe a certain thing. Jumping to the conclusion, well, you know, I'm a religious person and therefore I saw the Virgin Mary. Other people in that vicinity saw other things. So, you know, it's, it's really kind of an interesting concept. It's something real is going on, but I don't think it's what everybody thinks it is. Maybe it's not even what I think it is, but at least something like an alien intervention through technology that we know exists is a possibility. It's something that we can go, okay, well, we could probably do that if we really wanted to. 
Okay, well, again, what you're saying uh, is um, conceivable, and I don't believe it myself, that uh, uh, that these large amounts of evidence for post-mortem survival can be ascribed to the manipulations of, of an alien technologies impinging on us. I simply don't oh. believe it. Right. Yeah. Now we're talking two separate things again. And this is where, you know, we get the world of the paranormal and these other kinds of experiences kind of merging with the experiences from our own minds. So when you talk about postmortem revival, we're talking about NDEs here again, I'm assuming, right? Something like that, where people... I'm talking about the whole range of uh, phenomena associated with survival, mediumistic uh, phenomena, Apparitions, uh, near-death experiences, uh, is one recent uh, form. Uh, So there are, you know, all kinds of reincarnation memories. Uh, Research has been done on on the field of reincarnation. uh, Ian Stevenson, uh, Jim Tucker, who is a colleague of mine here at the University of Virginia, uh, is publishing book after book about these uh, reincarnation cases. So there's a whole lot of different kinds of phenomena that uh, are sometimes construed as evidence for life after death. Absolutely. Definitely. So have you heard of the AWARE study? AWARE study? No, that particular phrase doesn't ring any bells. No. Oh, okay. Well, that was a study that was done by professionals, medical professionals, on the whole near-death experience phenomena, where they had patients in operating theaters where a specific message was placed up out of their view onto a shelf, where if they were to, say, float up out of their body and have a, a genuine experience of the objective world, right. that they should be able to see this message. And right. then upon coming back out of their body or back into their body and regaining consciousness could relay that message and therefore right. provide some sort of verification that it had taken place now there was over 2000 cases but only 140 of those patients survived out of all of this study not one single person and there've been other similar studies not one single person has ever been able to accurately say <clears throat> what the message or the imagery was when they were out of their body you hold it and i mean i th- th- first of all i'm not sure that that is accurate but well, this is a scientific study. Look it up. You will. <laughs> now, what they did say is that where there were cases where people didn't have the they didn't have the benefit of having this particular device, this uh, you know whether it was a message or an image or something, but people still had the experience, and they were able to go back and investigate later and say, well, this experience that they have correlated very accurately with things that did take place. So it's not like these experiences don't happen or they aren't remarkable. But we still lack that that real definitive link that something is taking place in real time that represents consciousness coming out of the body. Okay, we'll leave it at that then. Okay, what else do you want to talk about? Well, I was just looking for a comment on that. So if we're if because this is this is sort of the the cutting edge of that well, kind I, of research. My comment about what you just said about all of these cases. First of all. People who are having an out-of-body, near-death experience, they're not paying attention to some obscure little target that's been 
placed above their heads on some shelf. Uh, it is absurd to imagine that that is what is probably going to happen. In fact, what happens during these out-of-body states is that they have interactions sometimes with family members and they notice things that are going on and then report them, as you just said correctly, that they do have extraordinary observations while they're out of their bodies. But the fact that they don't notice some stupid little target that's set up in the corner of a room proves nothing at all, okay? Nothing. To single that out, that item, as to dispense with the whole range of near-death experience phenomena, to me, is not a particularly useful thing to do. But if it's important to you, I'm not questioning that. Well, I think it's an important study, and it's an important piece of the puzzle. But I certainly wouldn't, and I would discourage, I, I completely agree with you, we, we can't take that particular study or others like it and say, well, because people weren't able to correctly identify the targets means that they didn't actually float up out of their body and have a genuine, ex- genuine experience of the world around them as it took place. It's just that we don't have that definitive link there yet, but people are trying to get it. Now, we could look at other explanations for the kinds of experiences that people have, and they seem pretty reasonable. Assuming that someone is therefore, you know, has actually floated out, their personality has come up out of their body and floated around a room and then go back into their body, I think that's making kind of a leap. Because in no cases in real time have we ever been able to observe that. It's always after the person regains consciousness and has a functioning brain that they're able to relay a story to us that took place sometime in the past about something that isn't entirely unreasonable for someone to be able to conjure up in their mind if they're in the uh, hospital-type environment. Let me tell you the story about an an out-of-body experience, again, where I was the witness that might be strike you as a little bit more interesting. I had, again, uh, a student. <laughs> uh, I used to teach a course in psychic phenomena, so I had a lot of people interested in this stuff. So students would come and tell me stories. So I had one student who told me that she had a talent for leaving her body. So I jokingly said to her, Really? Uh, why don't you come and visit me sometime? So she said nothing, and I forgot about it. And several days later, the following happened. She, and I'll be honest with you, I don't remember if she told me this personally or telephoned me, but she explained to me, I think it happened, yeah, on that very morning, I got a, a, a telephone call from her. Now that I recall, she, she called me on the phone. And the first thing she says, how do you like the, the, the furniture rearrangement in your, in your living room? And I said, what are you talking about? And she then explained to me something that I had already noticed that morning. Now, at that time, I used to play the flute. And I had my, it was like a practicing, a, just a thing I did to amuse myself. Let's uh, talk about I, the flute in our next session. Okay, we'll continue with our discussion with Michael, Gene, and Randall. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today.
Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon you'll need a plan and place to survive. Forget bunkers. You're not a live underground gopher. You need survivalist camps, the ultimate fully functional off-the-grid mobile survival bug out house that's well-equipped and custom-built to outlast any other RV or trailer. Bold statement, you bet. See them now at survivalistcamps.com. That's survivalistcamps.com. Trust your family's survival to survivalistcamps.com. We depend on our drinking water supply daily, but where does that water come from? Your water provider encourages you to get to know your local water source so together we can protect and preserve it. The investments we make as a community to protect our water source now ensure we have a sustainable drinking water supply for the future. Visit drinktap.org to learn more. This message is brought to you by the American Water Works Association and your local water provider. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. Do the letters IRS give you anxiety? I'm Dan Pilla. I've defended people from the IRS for more than 40 years. My book, How to Get Tax Amnesty, created the tax resolution industry and is responsible for helping hundreds of thousands of people. It can help you, too. If you're a non-filer or facing IRS enforcement right now, your case is unique. You need real help, not cookie-cutter advice. My clients get my personal attention. Buy my book at danpilla.com and get a free consultation directly with me. That's danpilla.com. Let's start solving your tax problem right now. 
Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. So, Michael, you said you used to play the flute. No yeah, more? Right, right. Yeah, I was just, I had taken some lessons, and I used to practice every day, and I had my, my music stand in the living room in a particular corner, right next to a large shelf of books. That's where I had, it was there permanently, and next to a chair, and I would sometimes sit in the chair or stand up and practice. Well, that morning, when I received the telephone call later on, when I got up in the morning, I noticed that my music stand was moved right into the middle of, of the living room. And I said to myself, that's funny, I don't remember doing that. For some reason, I must have moved the dawn. Because it was there all the time. I never moved it. And, and I didn't give it any thought. No, by the way, I lived by myself. There's nobody in the house. Not even a cat or a dog that could, could be invoked to explain what I'm about to describe. So I didn't pay any attention to it because we do things like that, right? I mean, you, just, you sometimes unconsciously move something around. Even though I noticed it and realized this was not something that I uh, normally did. Well, when I got the phone call, my student explained to me that on that night, on the previous night, she had gone out of her body, as she had told me she could do, and she decided to just think about me. She'd never been to my house, and she suddenly found herself latish at night observing me in the kitchen and that's exactly where i was at that time in the time that she told me and she tried to get my attention while i was hovered over a ta- uh, over my coffee table and uh writing or doing whatever work i was doing you see and she could not get my attention that annoyed her so she Floated into the next room. I say float. I don't know how you walk when you how you move around and you're out of body state. And she noticed the the stand, and she grabbed it. She said, and she succeeded in to her mind in moving it uh, into the center of the living room, uh, and thus proving to me that she had an out of body experience. Now I didn't see her out of body presence. But her story matched my experience of a misplaced music stand. And all I could do is infer that she told me the truth, because I couldn't any, see any other reason why she would call me and tell me this story, which fit perfectly with a puzzling experience I had early that morning. So that's an example of an out-of-body ob- uh, objective evidence of somebody claiming to have left their body. Now, you don't have to accept it, and maybe you think some aliens did it to fool me, but uh, that was an impressive uh, story. That's one of those many experiences that I've had that I told you about that uh, have, you know, prompted me to explore this material. That's absolutely fascinating. And, of course, your experience isn't... uh, This is... (laughs) we got to come back to this later, too. The whole idea of synchronicity, because Tim Beckley is a real... He's really into the whole synchronicity thing. But this is like a third thing now that you've described that is similar to something that happened to me when I had 
I was t- talking about the experiences with the ghosts back many years ago, because I play an instrument, I play guitar, and uh, that whole what we were thinking was a haunting at the time, or you could it fits the whole idea of a classic haunting, uh, was in the space where we used to rehearse. And we were finding things like our instruments actually moved around. And our other guitar player was getting irritated because he was saying, like, don't touch my stuff when I'm not here. And we're going, look, it wasn't any of us. We don't know what's going on. And then it wasn't only me that had the experience with this apparition-like thing that was very much like the thing that you describe. But uh, our drummer observed one of these instances where the kind of a shadowy thing came down past some sort of a glass encased stairwell and and came to the bottom of the stair, went to the door, and we thought it was our, our guitar player showing up. And I go to open the door, and there's nobody there. And the, this was in the basement of a church, no less, with the, a whole mural of the crucifixion of christ on it it was the the blood dripping down it was done by children but it was really something like out of some kind of a a stephen king novel but yeah these things happen so i don't know how to necessarily explain them but the experiences i do believe happen to people right right well and that you know that's a striking thing i have to say that most out-of-body experiences and don't seem to involve physical effects and a lot of uh, haunting, I'm sorry, a lot of afterlife-related phenomena do not involve any physical effects, but some do. Occasionally, they do. I had a, uh, uh, a woman who wrote me an account of, uh, of a ghost that liked to pull the sheets off her while she was sleeping. Rather suspicious, I would say, but uh, uh, there was no evidence or claim that she was sexually assaulted by this entity, but something is to come into her bedroom and just move the, you know, move around her, uh, try to tear the covers off her. So occasionally you do have these uh, physical uh, effects. And, um, uh, you know, then of course there are the sounds, the the rapping sounds and and hauntings and uh, the light effects. But yeah, there, there, it, it is um, a tricky business. There's no doubt about it. Uh, you trying to interpret what, what is happening. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, so are, I don't know if we're, are we ever going to get so, an answer to this? It, it sort of seems like, well, you know, unless someone is able to perform on command under some sort of controlled laboratory conditions that they can uh, teleport their consciousness into another room and telekinetically move around objects. I I don't think that we're going to get many people who, who actually, well, See, I believe that weird stuff like that takes place, but how are we going to prove it to people? It's kind of like UFOs, you know? We get them on radar, and we follow them in jets. We see them, but we never seem to get that piece of metal, you know, or the ship itself. Well, you know, let let me just say this in terms of what kind of response to your question. How are we going to resolve? Are we ever going to be sure and so forth? Um, My my own feeling is that, uh, you know, 
the range of experiences are so variable to human beings. And in the end, uh, we're probably not going to have a, uh, a consensus on these matters. But I don't think that's important. What's important is that we have our own views. There are groups of people that might agree that uh, certain that the world operates in a certain way. I mean, think of the fact that, you know, difference, that's a big issue in modern philosophy, right? We're supposed to be learning how to tolerate difference all the time. And uh, so uh, we have to tolerate the fact that people have vastly different ways of looking at the world, some evidence-based, some not evidence-based, some reasonable and humane, uh, some barbaric and vicious. And we're never going to have the total agreement or total compulsory belief about anything. And that doesn't bother me in the least. I have my own views. You have your views. We may agree in part. And that's fine. We may disagree in part. And that seems perfectly fine. Uh, I'm not expecting or looking for a total, uh, let's say, agreement on any of the paranormal stuff. Because I've been involved in the field for so long, it's so full of devious responses as well as accounts of phenomena that it's unreasonable to expect people are going to um, you know, emerge at some point to, yes, we all believe, but, you know, I suppose it's conceivable that we may one day, um, uh, devise methods of making postmortem reality absolutely clear to everybody. Uh, but I doubt it. I doubt maybe we're supposed to be a little riddled with uncertainty. Uh, if we knew all the answers to everything, life would be a lot less interesting, don't you think, Gene? I think it's very interesting. I know Randall's been talking to you about all the possibilities here, but we have to do our break. It oh, comes. Sure. Okay, Michael Grosso, talking about the paranormal and all sorts of related subjects with Gene and Randall. You're in the Paracast. <laughs> listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items and entails t-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast jumbo tote bag, all sorts of t-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great t-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com, stop by, and take a shopping tour. Hello? Congratulations. For what? For losing all that weight. How'd you do it so fast? ASAP. ASAP what? What's that? 
that mean? Are you ready to get as skinny as possible, as soon as possible, as simple as possible, and as sexy as possible? I'm listening. Then get with the ASAP program. It's real and it works. No smooth talk, no slick advertising, and no exaggerated claims of success. I've got to know more. Welcome to ASAP, as slim as possible. Whether you have 10, 20, or 50 pounds to lose, ASAP is your weight loss answer. ASAP targets the abnormal fat reserves and makes them available to be burned as fuel and contains no caffeine or hormones. Order ASAP at wholesale prices or join the team to share the business with others. Go to GCNteam.com or call 855-GCN-MALL. That's 855-426-6255. GCNteam.com or 855-426-6255. Lose weight and look great with ASAP, as slim as possible. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Michael Grosso making his first appearance on the Paracast. It won't be his last because he has lots of fascinating things to offer. Did you want to chime in a comment, Randall? Yeah, I'm really enjoying this conversation. And um, I, I know that it seems to be that I'm taking kind of a skeptical or maybe a, a, a pro versus con approach. But you know, it's not my intent to disagree as it is to discover and sort of picking at these sort of uncertainties and trying to get a handle on what the possibilities could be, I think is the only alternative we have to figuring it out. So in other words, you know, yes, there are lots of different points of view and lots of different beliefs. And I don't know about you. You certainly are welcome to to comment. I don't think that everybody's particular view carries equal weight. I really do think that some views and some opinions and some hypotheses make more sense and are more likely to be true than others simply because they do make more sense. I agree completely with, uh, with that. I mean, I uh, what I meant to say was that I tolerate the variety of opinions, even when they're based on complete ignorance, uh, although in some instances, ignorance is, uh, can be criminal. Uh, but I'm not talking about politics right now. I'm talking about... Uh, oh, boy, we could get into that. Uh, um, but about? we can't do politics here. But ignorance is not bliss? I mean, people who have made no deep study of the paranormal... Uh, they're entitled to their opinions, but I'm not going to value the utterance of, of a complete ignoramus on a subject that I've studied for 30 years uh, in the same way that I would uh, value the opinion of a, of a colleague or someone, folks like you, who have been spent time thinking about this and reading about it. So, yeah, I agree with you completely. Uh, but on the other hand, what I am, first of all, talk about skepticism. I am a skeptic. The word skeptic comes from the Greek skeptain, and it means to inquire, to investigate. Exactly. It doesn't mean to doubt automatically. Recently, I had a, a review from the Skeptical Inquirer oh, uh, yeah. by a person named Joe Nickel. He reviewed my book, The Man Who Could Fly, which is a book about levitation. If you haven't asked me anything about any of my books, by the way, I mean, I have written some books on these matters. 
Well, we should talk about those before the end of the show, for sure, as well as any, if you're doing any other talks or shows. Sure. Well, let me just mention this about this review that a, a friend of mine from a, a professor of, of religious studies from Princeton University called me up and, and told me, it was, a, it was we were both laughing. He said, this idiotic review of your book appeared. I didn't know anything about it. By this uh, known pseudo, I call him a pseudo-skeptic. What he argues in this review is that Joseph of Cupertino, that's the person I wrote a book about, was basically a, a gymnast who had secretly been training himself to jump in the air and create the illusion that he could levitate. And he succeeded in doing this so that for 35 years, he fooled and tricked <laughs> all, of, all of the people he, he tricked. A, Popes, inquisitors, doctors, physicians, artists, philosophers, people that came from all over uh, Europe to meet him, because not just because he was famous for his phenomena, but because of his holiness. This was the stupidest review of a book that anyone could write about another human being. He had one argument in it. It's an ad hominem argument. He said the 17th century was shot through with fanatical believers. And therefore, it's not even conceivable that anything that they said in the 17th century about levitation could be true. When in fact, you see, for 35 years, Joseph levitated in broad daylight in front of thousands of people. We have at least 150 sworn affidavits by people from all classes of society. But all these people were simply taken in by Joseph, who knew how to jump in the air and give and produce the illusion of, of levitation. It's so stupid. Now, would I take that seriously? Of course not. That's the reason I'm telling you the story. This guy is supposed to be, he presents himself as a serious skeptic. He's not. He's basically a complete liar. When I was just doing some research prior to the show yeah i ran across in the skeptical wiki and it mentioned it mentions your book and yeah they don't really come up with an argument that is i think fair-minded they use terms like pseudoscience which is uh, you know it, it's an attack to try to discredit a person rather than to try to take a fair-minded look at something like a phenomena or a story or a case study like you've done. So, yeah, it's, it, yeah, I've been literally brought to tears by the skeptics because they can be pretty, they can be pretty mean sometimes too. But, yeah. but proper skepticism, okay, that would require us to, okay, well, okay, he's saying that somehow he was able to um, pull off an illusion that he was levitating. And we've, I don't know if you've ever seen David Copperfield, but you can check out his videos and he goes right over an audience and looks like he's flying over an audience and picks someone up out of the audience and it looks like they are too. So, I mean, if we could do it now, maybe he had some, maybe there were magicians back then. Maybe he did have some way of, of fooling people into thinking he was flying. Okay, okay. Well, anyway, I mean, another, that's just absurd to me. Uh, there's no way that, uh, if you know the facts, as I do, as I have studied this material, gone back into the history of it, it's not even worth a minute discussing. But I will say this about levitation. 
I witnessed a levitation of a 200-pound ex-Marine in one of my classes. I performed an experiment. And if you want, I'll tell you that story. Oh, absolutely. Yes, for sure. Okay. I was team teaching a course on human personality and its unusual potentials. In that course, we talk about shamanism, mysticism, all kinds of unusual phenomena. As I say, there's another colleague that was present. So one day, uh, the, the topic of levitation came up, and one of my students, the young woman, said, you know, when we were kids, we used to play light as a feather. And she described that what it consists of is that kids would touch a child, one child would sit there, and then and they'd say some words together, and they'd say, lift, and the kid would go up in the air. And I'd never heard of anything like that. So I said, look, let's, uh, let's try it right here in class. And my colleague agreed. So I said, let's get the heaviest guy. And, and we got this big 200-pound ex-Marine in the class. And sat him down in a chair. And then I picked out four of the frailest-looking ladies, young women in the class. And they were instructed to put two fingers, the front of the finger, not the back, where you could pull, underneath the knees and underneath the elbows. And by the way, I should say this, uh, we had been chanting and doing stuff together in the class. So we had a kind of rapport. So I said, let's breathe in rhythmically, you ladies breathe rhythmically together. And uh, I did some kind of uh, statement uh, to repeat, just to get them mentally together. And then, I, and, and then I said, we'll say lift. And so that, that's what we did. We got together and, and, and uh, did a little chanting and then uh, did a little breathing. And then I said, now lift. And lo and behold, up by lift, there was no pressure, uh, by the way. There was no physical effort. They just moved their fingers up straight into the air went this 200-pound Marine. I will never, as I sit here and talk to you guys, forget the look on his face. (laughs) Complete and total astonishment. He was up in the air. They were touching him, barely touching him, making, there was no effort. I mean, you can see if someone's pushing, right? Let's do the cliffhanger again. Find out about this levitation experiment with Michael Grosso and Gene and Randall. You're in the Paracast. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. 
What would your life be like if you woke up each morning with new vitality, feeling better than you have in years, and you noticed a difference in your sleeping patterns, blood sugar levels, and had a sense of well-being overall? There's something that is changing thousands of people's lives, and you could be one of them. It's called Heart and Body Extract. Sharon Harris, co-creator of Heart and Body Extract, talks about the positive effects of Heart and Body Extract. What happens with the formula Heart and Body Extract is it's giving the body the necessary vitamins, minerals, amino acids, enzymes, and phytonutrients so, so the body will heal itself. And yes, the body does have the ability to balance blood pressure, balance cholesterol, clean and unclog the arteries. It can also work on uh, balancing the circulation for diabetics. So the body is an amazing thing. It simply needs some help so it has the tools to heal itself. Heart and Body Extract gets results. To order your two-month supply, call now, toll-free at 866-295-5305. Order online at hbextract.com. This is George Dory from Coast to Coast AM and History Channel's Ancient Aliens. We support the amazing energy, nutrition, and skincare products from Jeunesse. Jeunesse products are designed by leading doctors in their field with natural ingredients and even stem cell technology. These products help your body perform and look better. Shop Jeunesse at GCNLife.com or call 1-844-443-6637. GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? $92,000. Ouch. The IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So, how'd it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes... Take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax management hotline now. 800-503-8625. 800-503-8625. 800 By now, you know that wireless technology like cell phones do, in fact, pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blockit Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockItPocket.com offers quality, American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockItPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockItPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. I'm sitting with bated breath. Take the bait out of my breath. I want to hear about this levitation experiment. Go ahead, Michael. Okay, so uh, he's up in the air. And everybody saw it, my colleagues saw it, and gently, effortlessly, you know, he was at least, the, girl, the young women were not large, maybe they were five, six, which their arms stretched, so he was at least six feet in the air, 200 pounds, and then gently lowered him, no effort, no strain, no fall, 
nothing. An unforgettable experience. Uh, now, <laughs> how does one explain that? A whole bunch of students witnessed it. Another teacher witnessed it. I witnessed it. That's fascinating. Uh, and never able to reproduce that effect. And the reason is, I tried it in other classes. I had never had a class in rapport the way I had with that class. That's the only explanation that I can think of. But since that time, I had, I, I'm thinking of writing a paper. I've collected accounts from various people who have played this game when they were kids and didn't realize what they were doing, that they were doing something extraordinary. But we can't take the words of little children uh, doing things when they were children. Well, I don't know why not. I think children have amazing experiences that are just maybe too quickly written off by adults as, you know, an active imagination of a child. Good point. Good point. Right. Uh, I, I agree. Randall, I want to throw a theory out myself about children. I think before society programs you and brainwashes you, children can do lots of things that we can't measure, that we can't sense. But then society takes over and they lose the abilities or they forget how to access them. No, I think you're absolutely right. So the, 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 the absence of inhibition, one of the things we know from parapsychological research is that belief and expectation are good variables for predicting effectiveness. Uh, I mean, look, you have the mystery of the placebo. Uh, the scientists don't seem to realize that they've got a mystery on their hands with tons and tons of data. We know how effective placebos can be. They're almost as effective as antidepressants, just a tiny little different. So we already know that belief and expectation and imagination, when in full gear, tend to be conditions that are conducive to unusual psi phenomena. Maybe this group uh, that we had been working with in that particular class I just told you about, we had a rapport, we had meditated and chanted together, and maybe their expectations were open to, the, to it happening. But I was never able to reproduce that effect. I mean, I tried it two, three times uh, again and failed. Of course, the assumption there is that the effect was actually being produced by the people who were apparently involved in it, when mm -hmm. maybe, again, we are talking about there's a third party that's uh, a clandestine third party, somebody uh, studying us from a vantage point that we're unaware of that's able to uh, cause these effects and then observe our reactions to what's going on with them. You know, there is that possibility. And it's not all that unreasonable to think it might be the case, especially when it's actually happened to people because we've done it ourselves. You know, when you when you look at some of the secret projects that the government has done on people with things like hallucinogens and other things like that. But imagine some kind of again, if we go back to the idea that we've got some sort of a, an alien presence that is able to shield itself from our immediate awareness and has the ability to levitate things and re remain invisible or change shape, we could explain that type of a, an event in that way without having to evoke the ability that it was actually the people involved that were doing it. Well, the little challenge there of how the entities were playing around with us 
knew that I didn't even know I was going to do that uh, experiment. That was right in the instant. The student told us a story about light as a feather, and I said, let's do it. In three minutes, we, we were doing it. So if these entities are wherever they are, got to give them credit for showing up on time. Absolutely. I mean, if, I mean, if that's what's going on, either way, it's a fascinating case. And again, here we go with this synchronicity thing. Now, I was once uh, one of my sort of mainstay jobs when I wasn't trying to be a musician or starving artist, which I did do the starving artist part very successfully, by the way. It's the successful artist part that I, I was uh, always eluded me. But uh, I was working with someone who, as a child, she was able to open up to me because she had become aware that I was interested in paranormal and UFOs and thought, well, she could talk about an experience that she had when she was younger, which is she would go out to into a field, into one of her favorite play spots, an area to play. And what made it favorite for her is that when she went out there, it was by this tree out in a field. She swears she was able to, she said, fly around the tree float around the tree it's like not on a swing or something like that but actually float up in the air somehow and move and i thought it was really an interesting story because uh, you know again people do have these experiences right maybe the case of the joseph of capertino he was experiencing being levitated somehow but again i it, I'm always sort of going, well, what's more reasonable? Could we have a, an actual high-tech explanation to that that is just sort of beyond our awareness? Or is it really attributable to some sort of deity that's in another dimension that we don't really know for sure exists that's assigning him the power of some miraculous levitation? That's, that's the part I have a hard time with. Yeah, well, as I said, that, that, that's your way of looking at it. So Michael has to leave right now, and I want to ask you, before you go, can you tell our listeners if they want to know more of what you do, where do they go? What do I do? Uh, well, I'm... <laughs> uh, I'm talking about you have a site or something like that. Yeah, I have a, uh, I have a blog called Consciousness Unbound, uh, dot blog, dot, yeah, dot blog, dot com, where I, at least once or twice a week, present some uh ideas on these subjects i have about eight or so books out on the subject and a couple more coming uh the most recent book uh, i've written uh, in case anyone is interested in finding out about some of these things uh is um, the man who could fly uh saint joseph of cupertino and the mystery of levitation uh, i've written a book on life after death called experiencing the next world now uh, another book on levitation called... Will they see all your books on your site, on your blog? Listed? Yes, and, and they're all available on, on Amazon. I have a book uh, list there on Amazon someplace. Nowadays, you buy stuff through Amazon right. anyway. Right. Michael so, Grosso's... Just look up his books on Amazon. Michael, thank you for joining us on the Paracast. All right. Thank you, guys. I have to go. Bye-bye now. Gene and Randall, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. 
Visit GCNlive.com today. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNhemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNhemp.com or call 877-878-4203. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I started fighting the IRS over 40 years ago when they tried to seize my mother's house. I sued the IRS and won. I beat the IRS then, and I've been beating them ever since. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I've helped thousands of people deal with tax problems they thought might never be solved. I can help you too. If you owe taxes you can't pay, don't wait another day. There's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. USA Radio News with Wendy King. The House is expected to vote on Tuesday on a resolution that would overturn President Trump's declaration of a national emergency along the southern border. The president promises to veto it. A sentencing memo from the special counsel's office says former Trump campaign chairman Paul Manafort chose to repeatedly violate the law. Prosecutors say he lied to them after agreeing to a plea deal in Washington. The sentencing memo also refers to accusations of witness tampering made against Manafort while he was out on bail, and that caused his bail to be revoked. He was convicted on eight counts after a trial in Virginia and agreed to a plea deal for two counts in Washington. The memo sent to the judge suggests that his alleged lies to investigators after the plea agreement should be taken into consideration. You're listening to USA Radio News. Hey, not to brag, but Buffalo Wild Wings is the official chicken wing of the NCAA. Yep, soak it in. You know who isn't the official chicken wing of the NCAA? Your couch. Because your couch doesn't have a partnership deal with the NCAA. So do you want to be home on your couch, the official nothing of the NCAA? Or do you want to be at Buffalo Wild Wings? The official place that has lots of TVs and beers and screaming fans, and it's officially better than your couch for college basketball. Buffalo Wild Wings. Please drink responsibly. With a recession ending, if you've been putting off building your business, now is the time to act. General Steel will meet or beat any price on a pre-engineered steel building of the same size and specifications. Act now before steel prices go up. So call us today for free information. Call 800-965-1290-800-965-1290-800-965-1290. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation. 
rotation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper, article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. This is Jacques Vallée. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So we're back, Randall and I. And as you know, Michael Grosso said he had to leave, which is fine. That happens occasionally. Occasionally, we get guests who can't stay the full two hours. For example, Eric Von Daniken will only stay one hour with us, but we had, of course, David Halperin to talk further about that and other subjects. We had Alejandro Rojas on recently for the full two-hour recording session, which is part of the three-hour show for the full show. But earlier, he could only stay for half the show on a couple of previous appearances. We try to work with the guest. I tried to encourage them to stay for the full show so we could give them the full Paracast experience one way or the other, and we have time to focus in depth on different subjects. I was surprised because I got Michael's name through Tim Beckley that he knew nothing about the show. And I guess maybe there's some miscommunication. He didn't realize that we required him for a full show. He thought an hour or so is going to be fine. In any case, that's okay. So I sent him a letter saying, you know what? We could do the rest of the show the next day. And he said no. And he said no because of something I don't think we did. What's your perception, Randall? I was a little surprised because I thought the discussion was going fairly well. But he bailed before the last two segments were completed. And he was saying that he wasn't aware that the show was two hours. I think there may have been a miscommunication there regarding the time required. But it seemed that he was expecting kind of a full, unquestioning latitude to promote himself and his stuff. But, he, you know, this show, he's not lecturing to students here. So we're not really obligated to kind of like blindly nod in agreement to everything he says. We're, ta- we're discussing the issues. This is to dig into it a little bit deeper and provide our listeners with something more than just an infomercial. And it seemed like he was somewhat put off by the fact that, well, maybe, you know, we knew about quite a bit of this stuff already because we're fairly well-versed in the paranormal here. And we have some people, especially in the consciousness forum, that are very well educated or at least self-educated in the concept. I mean, those forums... There's one that's got 12, I think, or 13 separate segments in it, each with, I think, over 100, almost 200 pages in it. So, you know, you add that up, that's a lot of commentary and discussion about the subject. And then, of course, you've got the other thread, Philosophy, Science, and the Unexplained, that went on for 53 pages. It's not like we necessarily just need to sit and listen to a lecture. We want to explore the issues a little bit deeper. And I think he wasn't really prepared for that, to tell you the truth. It's kind of like he 
is used to going on shows where the guest asks a very simple question. He goes on and pontificates. He's a PhD and a teacher. We understand that. And then no one challenges him. How dare we challenge him? He said, for example, that maybe you just want to present our point of view. Well, I didn't present a point of view during the show. And Randall questioned him on a few points, tried to get him to expand on things. But we're not here to present our point of view, except when we are, when we do express it. But we allow a guest to have their say. If they're being deceptive, we'll call them out on it. If they need to explain or expand on something, we will call them out on it. But I think he went into this not understanding the ground rules. But he certainly seems like a bright guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I I kind of got the sense that he was feeling maybe a little bit defensive about the conversation at some points. I tried to explain it. You know, it's not that I'm here to debunk or necessarily challenge his points of view, but that if there is some point to consider fair-mindedly that, that might be an alternative to some of the things he was suggesting that, you know, why shouldn't we consider that? And I think that those are fair points. And he was given every opportunity to answer those questions in his own way, as well as promote his books. And had we continued with the other two segments, well, there would have been even more time for him to promote his books and what he does, because typically that's where we do a lot of that sort of thing is towards the end of the show. You know, what may have upset him is the fact that we wrapped up the show when he started mentioning each book and I had to say we're out of time. He didn't realize that this is a network radio show. We operate by strict timing rules. It's not like after the Paracast where it's open-ended. With a regular radio show, we have to submit a recording within one-tenth of a second. That's the timing. Now, I record a little bit more and clean it up a little bit. But basically, when you hear an episode of the Paracast, you're hearing 99.5% of what went on during the original recording. That half percent, you know, maybe someone said a word they shouldn't say, or they stumble a little bit and we clean it up. Or we get disconnected and they clean it up. With Michael Grosso, I mispronounced his name a couple of times, and he corrected me, which is fine, you know. So I cleaned that up. I'm not going to say what I called him. It's just a logical mispronunciation. It's fixed. Oh, yeah. Here the show, it will go smoothly. It's fixed in the mix. Exactly. I mean, we might stumble over a word now and then, or there might be a connection issue, something like that. But, you know, you're a wizard at fixing that stuff up. And, And all of the shows, they seem to come out really well in the end. Michael really didn't have anything to worry about other than I guess that he felt pressured mainly because of time, because he was unaware that the show was going to run the full two hours. And I guess to be fair to Michael, well, if he didn't realize that thought, he was only supposed to be there for an hour and had some appointment to go to and had stayed the extra 45 minutes and was running late. Well, you know, that's that's perfectly fine. But, you know, why not come back and finish it out then? You know, if you were not satisfied as to the amount of promotion you got for your stuff in your books well the last two segments come on back let's talk about that no problem but you know to to feel so put off by a discussion where some of the ideas that are presented are explored in more depth than what you're comfortable with well you know i'm not sure that that really is that good a promotion to say the truth for yourself i mean if he was 
you know, coming across as, as being an authority on the subject. And he's written some books, but yeah, I was surprising, you know, when I asked, you know, had you ever heard of the AWARE study? And this is really important when you're talking about the kind of stuff that he is into, including near-death experiences, because it's not a small study. He just hand-waved it as if it was completely irrelevant. And I find that when people do that, it's really that they're more interested in promoting their own personal agenda than actually exploring the truth of the subject matter. And and that's where the Paracast is kind of double-edged. On one hand, it gets us into a little bit of hot water. But on the other hand, I think there are audience members who appreciate the fact that we do question the theories of people and try to think of alternatives that might make a little bit more sense and include the kind of studies where scientific efforts are made to verify the kind of claims that are made. I remember one episode I did where a guest said he did all his research on the internet. And that's fine if you know what you're looking for, because any point of view can be found there. You want to look up an opinion on a subject, there'll be a thousand different variations of different opinions and more, millions of different options on there. Anything you want to prove, there's something online to prove it with. It's like if you have a debate with somebody in one cable TV bubble and you're living in another or try to have a perspective, if they restrict themselves to that one bubble, they might not even be aware of what the rest of the world is like. And a lot of people do that now. I think that's one thing that hurts our society these days is that somebody finds in a little area where they're comfortable, they live in this little world, and as a result, the people who provide the information will pander to that audience to get bigger profits. Oh, no doubt. That's definitely, I'm sure, a reality out there. One more segment with Gene and Randall. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First game attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Detoxify, lose weight, and restore balance to your body by simply drinking tea. Surprised? Dr. Miller's Holy Tea can help you feel better and even lose weight because Holy Tea is a unique herbal tea blend of all natural ingredients specially formulated by Dr. Bill Miller. Call this number, 888-660-7039, or click drmillersclinic.com. Take the first step toward better health. Drink tea from Dr. Miller's Clinic.
Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. Anytime, any place, anywhere. Radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. Pain in my neck, back, and shoulders has really gotten worse. Relief for body pain is here with Sunny Bay Heating Pads. Well, the last thing I want is to take another pill, so what's so good about Sunny Bay Heating Pads? Sunny Bay Heating Pads, made by Biomed DB Design right here in the USA, come in all sizes. Our extra-large microwavable heating pad for back pain is designed to be large enough to cover your entire back. It's also perfect to wrap around your legs, knees, or shoulder and neck. But I need to know they're good quality. Of course, Sunny Bay heating pads and pillows are often an Amazon choice and it's easy and most affordable when you purchase your Sunny Bay heating pads right from our website sunshinepillows.com or call us 253-678-1361 Hey, a Sunny Bay heating pad would make a great gift, right? Yes, and they start at just $19.99 and free shipping is available. So call 253-678-1361 or shop for your Sunny Bay heating pad at sunshinepillows.com Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and sling bows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. Final segment, a little bit earlier, Michael Grosso. Join us, uh, author of a number of books on the paranormal. And he told us he had to leave for an appointment, which was fine, and then kind of trashed us in an email when I asked him to come back and finish the show. And he complained that we didn't give him enough time to promote his books. Well, you ask him a question, he can just say, well, it's in my book, no called, and then talk about the book. As I said in my book, this, that, and the other thing. Well, we did actually talk about his book to some degree, and we've got uh, a thread posting for him with a link to his book and his blog. And it, to be fair, I suppose that, that some people aren't comfortable with a certain style of interviewing. There is a range of interviewing styles from very passive, say like the Coast to Coast, the current version of that with George Norrie, where he's happy, say, pandering to the guest's needs, being very agreeable with pretty much everything that they say. Then the next guest could come on that might have something 
completely different to say that's even contradictory and they'll do the same thing for that guest it works up the spectrum we had alejandro rojas on and he's very agreeable of course he's with open minds you know so that kind of says the whole thing there you know you've got to be open-minded enough to listen to everybody's points of view it extends up to say other kinds of interviewing say like uh, you know what, what is it the front line or firing line those kinds of investigative discussions where you'll have a panel who really dig into the nitty-gritty of a subject and i think we're still somewhere in between i don't think that we're the kind of interviewers that just are out to trash and debunk everything but at the same time i think we do have fair-minded questions and comments and we like to delve into the information a little more deeply than simply the surface level these are my books and this is what i have to say is that why do you have to say that? What sort of evidence do you have to back up the kinds of beliefs that you seem to promote? I think that's fair. I think that's what we're about. I think that's what makes the Paracast stand out, personally. Certainly, if a person has confidence in their opinions, go out there and tell us. Now, I'll quote part of the letter that sounded strange to me. And he said, I'm afraid the discussion was wearing you seem to want to explain levitation, saints and my marines, NDEs, and everything by some vague, unknown something out there. I have no <laughs> wish to carry on that conversation. We actually didn't provide a final answer to any of that stuff. I haven't. I don't think we know the answer. Well, who does? But I don't think we were being vague in any way, shape, or form. If anyone was being vague, I think it was the kind of things that he was promoting. This is the notion of spirituality or idealism versus materialism. Well, what's a non-material approach? How do we explain that? I think all of those notions are pretty vague in and of themselves. So when I say something like, I think it could be explained by an advanced technology, that's not being vague. That's proposing something that is very concrete. And when I talk about tests, scientific tests, where you have verifiable information by way of, say, a screen, like the, in the AWARE study, in operating rooms, in actual operating rooms, where they have thousands of cases that they study, that's not being vague. It's not being vague at all. And yet, you know, for some reason, say, stories about religious figure from the distant past that was written about some hundred years after the fact. I mean, are we really supposed to think that that's all perfectly accurate and just take it at face value as if it's the gospel truth? Well, I think it's fair to question it. You know, I brought up the, the idea about the, this Joseph Cappuccino of Cappuccino, the, this is the man who could fly book, and that, well, we have magicians today that can make it make people appear to fly. And I mentioned David Copperfield and that there were magicians back in those days. So perhaps it could have been some sort of an illusion. Well, to simply hand wave that is ridiculous, I, I don't think is fair-minded. It's like, well, yeah, okay, maybe that's what happened. I mean, it seems more reasonable than suggesting, well, that some divine power was able to give the person the ability to be able to fly around because they want to, without any wings. It's the yellow sun, okay? If you're from Krypton, and you have a red sun there, so you're just a human. But if you go to Earth or someplace with the yellow sun, it recharges you, makes you a super... No, that's ridiculous. 
<laughs> okay, but to be fair, yes, okay, maybe we were pressuring him a little bit, or I was, and I should have just let him kind of ramble on and and do what he he does as a teacher. I'm sure he's used to lecturing to students for you know hours at a time without anyone giving any feedback or any challenge to what he has to say. And maybe that would be more comfortable for him because he's used to that sort of thing. And as an interviewer, it might've been maybe a little more professional of me to just simply let him do that so that he would be more comfortable expressing his own points of view. So, you know, for those out there who think that that's what I should have done, you know, I'll apologize to those people myself for that particular thing. But for those who do appreciate a little more discerning point of view and someone who wants to dig a little deeper into the subject matter, well, I hope you're glad that that's what we attempted to do. That's as much as I can say. But that's the way the Paracast has been going for 13 years now. We're just about at the 13th anniversary. The show premiered on February 28th, 2006. This show is being broadcast on February 24th, 2019, just about 13 years. That's an amazing accomplishment, really. Just in my short time here, and even volunteering, as I do with the show, uh, essentially, I do a little bit of research for the show, and I'm fairly well-versed in quite a few subjects anyway, so I'm able to come on and talk about it. it. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of enjoyment. But you have the extra tasks of making sure the pr- show is produced properly for the stations, like you said, and that's really an amazing accomplishment for the field as a whole. I think it it deserves some recognition. Well, thank you. It's just what I do. We started this, this kind of show really with the technology show, the tech night out live in 2002, we were a podcast then before there was such a thing as a podcast. We were pioneers. There were internet radio shows, but we were one of the early ones. We were with a network called MacRadio.com, And that, Domain has since been sold off, but I do own now MacRadio.net. So if you go there, you see the Tech Night Out Live. It's another passage there. We premiered the Paracast in 2006, and we're still here, never missed an episode. I mean, occasionally we have a repeat on the tech show, but this one, there has never been a repeat. It's always yeah, a brand re- new show, every single episode. Every single episode, I sit here and I smooth it out and get ready for broadcast every single episode. Yeah, we have some repeat guests, you know, but sometimes they've got some new things to say as well. I mean, maybe unless you're Stan Friedman, I think he's been doing the same lecture since 1969, but still, he's fun to have on every once in a while. Maybe maybe now, and we, we get the odd com- comment that, well, maybe it's time to upgrade the format a little bit or change the format a little bit. And we're, I think we're trying to add our own new flavor to the show because you know chris o'brien is gone and uh we need to evolve the show to fill that gap because of course i can't replace chris i have tremendous respect for chris and i wouldn't even try to replace chris because it's just it just wouldn't work i can't be chris i gotta be myself and try to add my own flavor to the show somehow. So yeah, I hope people can forgive me for doing that. But if listeners out there have a suggestion for a sort of a way to change the format or add some element to the show that they'd like to, to hear, then tell us about it on the forum. Come in and let us know, and we'll see if it will work out. You can find us on Twitter. Look for the Paracast on Twitter. We're modifying those pages. Look for the official Paracast fan club on Facebook. 
We also have a second radio show for you after the Paracast. Uncensored. You never know what's going to happen next. In order to download that show, you have to subscribe to the Paracast Plus. You also get a version of the Paracast that's free of the network ads. Better quality audio. For more information, go to plus.theparacast.com. Plus.theparacast.com. It's your best way to support this show. Plus.theparacast.com for more info. It's Gene and Randall. You're in The Paracast. The Paracast, featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien, is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast.